0: Uh, Joining us now from the NFL Network, big night for the NFL. They're going to unveil the schedule for uh, 2020, and hopefully, it uh, is actually it goes that way. Stacy Dale is now joining us. Stacy, how you doing,
1: Bill? I'm doing great. Uh, Like like you just said, what a beautiful day. I know it is for you guys there. It's same here in Chicago, and uh, yeah, we're super pumped for tonight. It's just another thing is NFL related that you know keeps normalcy i think in the air which is a, a lot of fun we're going to have a three hour show tonight which will be uh, really cool for fans
0: um let me ask you this the the protocols have been released by the nfl at least for them to start reopening some of the facilities uh, I've okay. said the one thing that has been Teflon has pretty much been the NFL. The, I th- How do you think the draft went? Let me start there because I thought the draft, even though it was long, I think it was everybody, you, it was like must see TV. You couldn't get enough of it. It was the only sports that we had. And I thought it kind of came off really without a hitch.
1: Well, the fact, Bill, that it was the most watched draft in the history of the NFL draft, I think, is significant of course, when you have a virtual draft and it's your only means of visualizing this thing, you're going to have more eyeballs. But uh, I think we're all searching for and looking for positive stuff that we can relate to. And, you know, for me entering my 11th season in the National Football League, I can't wait for football Sundays. I don't care if it's Thursday, Sunday, or Monday. And, you know, football is just something in our blood and we love it. And uh, so I think it in part, drew a lot of people because of all those things I just talked about. But I agree with you. I thought it was seamless. I thought the collaboration of ESPN, ABC, NFL Network, and the National Football League were really incredible. I mean, to see Roger Goodell in his home and to see all these coaches and GMs in their element. And then what I thought was really cool, Bill, is to hear from them after. I was assigned uh, by per NFL Network to the Packers, Lions, and Bears, And, you know, to listen to their pressers afterwards and just hear the gratitude they have that their families not only could be a part of something like this, but that they actually got to spend time with them, I thought was really cool and I think a reflective point for all of us, especially those GMs and coaches that rarely see their families at this time of year.
0: Now, not asking for an affirmative here, but uh, give me your thoughts as you know you being a former athlete. So, if if you could take yourself back into the locker room and the time in which we live, and now you're being asked to head back out into training facilities, you're asked to be you know able to participate in games. How would you feel as an athlete if the league came to you and said, "Hey, you know, time to play, time to lace them up, let's do this"?
1: Yeah. Well, I can't speak for other athletes. If you're asking me specifically, just for I you, just invincible. you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would feel invincible. I mean, as an athlete, you're at your best physical stature in your lifetime. Uh, when I remember, you know, in the WNBA when I played, um, my body fat was, was low. I had adjusted. I, I was an 8%, 7% body fat. I was, I felt invincible. You feel like you can go out and play in the rain if need be. So I, I think everybody's going to be scratching at the bit. But as as per athlete, you know, the one thing I'll be interested to see, Bill, is we are all motivated differently. And I was always the type of athlete that you could send me into a gym by myself and I would get better. I don't know how all athletes are motivated. You know, you're relying on your strength and conditioning staff. You're relying on your coaching, positional coaches to ensure that you are ready to go when they do take the field. And, you know, I I would hope that for an NFL player making the money they do and for the spotlight and the magnitude of the National Football League, they'll be at their best. And I expect nothing less. I mean, the players I've talked to in the league, any of the personnel, coaches, what have you, um, there's this competitive part to it that nobody's really talking about. Who can do it better? Can the Chicago Bears be better virtual teachers than the Green Bay Packers or the Detroit Lions Mm -hmm. or the Minnesota Vikings? So there's this air from team to team when I talk to these guys. Who can do it better? And I think that's driving a lot of behind-the-scenes movements right now.
0: Uh, since you were assigned to the Packers, and the Bears, and the Lions during the draft, I wanted to ask you specifically, how shocked were you that the Packers traded up to get Jordan Love?
1: I was not shocked at all. Um I can understand why people would be, especially as you watch the ensuing draft and no receivers were taken by the Packers. But, uh, listen, Aaron Rodgers is in entering year 16. He, he's, he'll play for as long as he wants to play. He's one of the greatest to ever do it at his position. He's a first-ballot future Hall of Famer. He'll, he'll do what Aaron Rodgers does. But if you don't have a backup plan in, you know, wh- whatever period of time that is, you are suddenly now – at the mercy of the league and you know in this league you have to have a quarterback to win it is the most important position and so i think that you know when i look at brian gudekunz the gm i see okay listen he's been there for over two decades he's been through this before he understands what it was like when rogers became a packer and Favre, you know was, was in the position aaron is in now but um aaron is a pro he knows this is his team I think in year two under Matt LaFleur and this offense, Aaron will have a helpable uh, comprehension of this offense to where it is much more seamless this year. And with those backs and the addition of Dylan in the backfield um, and that new tight end, Deguara, you know, I'll be interested to see who becomes the number two wide receiver because I can recall Gutekunst talking about after the draft, listen, they didn't, they didn't draft a receiver because when they hit those mid-rounds, and he said this, although I'm paraphrasing, that the, the receivers they liked were taken early enough that they didn't feel like adding one at that spot in the middle of the draft could be a guy that could play this year. So that tells me they're expecting the receivers on this roster to be able to make huge strides and have a competitiveness with that group. Um, and as he said, you know, you know, pursuing the playing time and the productivity. And I, I think that you're going to see a really competitive group this offseason. One of the
0: questions I had asked me the other day was how much better the Detroit Lions are going to be. And I, I still think they're probably going to end up fourth in the division. But you tell me, looking at that team, the pressure that's on Matt Patricia to produce and get better. And, and really, I think the Ford family kind of expressed, hey, uh, we're talking about postseason here, not just getting better. Um, tell me how much better that team got.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like every year you and I talk, Bill, or you know, when I get ready for the next season, the NFC North is just always a beast. Um, I think when you look at the Detroit Lions, you understand this is a win-or-nothing year. I mean, um, Mrs. Ford has made that very clear. But they feel very good about the draft they've put together. The, the difference for me with the Detroit Lions will be can this defense be different. I mean, they were on the cusp early as last year and you recall that Green Bay game, you recall mm-hmm. the tie at the start of the year in Arizona. They could have won those games. So so now you've got a situation where you could you could be, you know, in a much different predicament in terms of your record heading into the middle of the NFL season last year, but things just didn't shake their way. The defense was a big problem. Thirty first total defense last year, the worst pass defense in football. They couldn't get to the passer. Um, and so when I look at their roster, it, it's a continued overhaul and they are counting on these guys. I mean, Jeff Okuda, the third overall pick, um, he, he's phenomenal. He can do everything. And then you add him to Desmond Trufant and now you've added Jamie Collins and Danny Shelton and Daron Harmon, who are all Patricia guys. Like, I'll be most interested, given the talent they have on the other side of the ball. Matthew Stafford, by the way, is healthy. If they were practicing right now, he would be on the field. They've added Swift, DeAndre Swift, who has, <laughs> I mean, you've seen him as much as I have. He is electric in the backfield. Mm-hmm. And so you add that to carry on Johnson, their offense will be dynamic. Make no mistake, mistake about it. But if their defense changes, they have a chance to compete. But to me, it hinges upon that defense
0: talking with Dale Dales, the NFL Network. Uh, they're going to release the schedules coming up later on this evening. Uh, so now you've got right there in your own backyard, you've got one hell of a controversy. Mitch Trubisky, still the guy, but they don't extend his contract. They don't pick up that fifth year. He's got Nick Foles now breathing down his neck. They have picked up uh, about every wide receiver that's ever caught a pass just to come in and see if they can't find some diamonds in the rough to support that group. So you tell me about the Chicago Bears. Their defense, I think, is still going to be one of the top five, top ten defenses in the league.
1: I 100% agree with you. I think the ad of Robert Quinn, you you provide a talk to one player on the the roster defensively, and he's like, wow, the depth now that we have up front. And they were already good up front. So, um, you you know, when I think about this team and the quarterback situation, it was interesting. Ted Ginn was just acquired by the Bears within the past couple weeks. And, uh, you know, he, he entered the league back in 2007, I believe. So he's been around a long time, and he was asked on our call Um, who do you expect to be your quarterback, essentially? And he said, listen, Mitch Trubisky's been the guy. He's been the starter, and so we're going to go ride that. And and I think, you know, this staff has made it clear that when the snaps are, you know, start, they start taking snaps when they get back to the field, I think the first snaps will go to Trubisky. But the leash is very short in my estimation. I love the kid. I think he's a great guy. He's really personable. He's great with the media. But... Now you have a true competition and I think Ryan Pace, the general manager, his greatest goal entering this offseason after what they did last year and the struggles they had given the previous playoff appearance was competition on the roster. And that's exactly what they're getting with Nick Foles. And to me, like I said, I'll just, the leash is short for Mitch Trubisky. And so if, if things don't click and there isn't a broad yeah, of improvement, and I also think you're, if you're Matt Nagy, you're going to look at the the body language of this team and how who they follow. Because trust me, Nagy said in a call earlier this year, you know we're going to look at both guys. They're both they're going to split reps when we when we take the field. And as a coach, I would think you would want to look at the body language and the demeanor of the teammates around either quarterback and who they're following inherently
0: real quick before i let you go i want to ask you about minnesota i know you weren't covering them during the draft but obviously minnesota's made a lot of moves in the offseason getting rid of Stephon dig but picking up another top wide receiver out of the draft and bolstering that defense have they closed the gap and again another pressure-packed year for a head coach to prove something
1: yeah um the vikings always impressed me rick spielman's been doing it you know i don't know since 2006 whatever it is i mean they had a thousand picks in the draft. I love their two first-rounders, Jefferson, the receiver, and Gladney. Um, They are so different defensively, Bill. Um, Kirk Cousins, they locked him up. Delvin Cook will be, you know, I was talking to somebody from our network, I think it was Tom Pelissero. That'll be something to keep your eye on next week, but um, I'm just fascinated at how they're going to transition this young defense. I mean, getting rid of so many of the veterans they did, when I look at their cornerbacks, Mike Hughes and Holton Hill are the, the, the senior-most veterans at that position. They're 23 years old in year three. And now you add Jeff Gladney to the mix, they're going to have a, an incredible competition, much, the similar, much similar to the, the competition we're going to see at the wide receiver position in Green Bay. You're going to see that with Mike Zimmer's defense. Not only that, but Adam Zimmer and Andre Patterson are going to co-coordinate that defense. So, uh, again, in this division, you've got to have a group that can get to the passer and create turnovers. Um they have the tools offensively. Justin Jefferson is incredible. He'll be a step on the field day one play opposite Adam Thielen. And, uh, of course, we'll always, you know, talk about Kirk Cousins and the big games that come up as we get ready for the schedule release tonight.
0: Stacy, it's always a pleasure. I love following you on Facebook. Great dog pictures, by the way, just an FYI. <laughs> I yeah, love
1: exactly when your dog's busted. Right
0: <laughs> yeah, it's always great. Stacy, <laughs> a pleasure I is always – no, go ahead.
1: Yep. I would add five more if I could, Bill.
0: <laughs> I know. I, how many are you allowed to have in that, uh, that that high rise you got down there in Chicago? I think you got three or four, right?
1: Well, I, I have three. I did sneak out of the city, so um, okay. I could probably sneak another one or two
0: in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I, I see them. And that, that, that picture that you posted a couple of days ago was fantastic, so I appreciate it. Stacey, yeah. uh stay safe, and we'll continue to chat with you down the road and uh, look forward to the big release coming up tonight at 7 o'clock Central, Okay.
1: Same here. appreciate you,
0: Bill. Talk to you soon. There you go. Stacey Dales, NFL Network reporter. And uh, they got a big one coming up this evening, it's 7 o'clock Central Time, and they're going to release it on the NFL Network. It's the 2020 NFL schedule release this evening. You can follow her at Stacy Dales on Twitter. She joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years. They've been doing it. Call them. 844-PRIDE. Go to schneiderjobs.com. They're one of the few businesses that are hiring right now, as a matter of fact.